Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real-life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you joining us today. My guest is Jasmine Salinas. She's with Massive Capital, and they did uh, $40 million of capital raised last year in 2023. Which, which says a lot. That's a, that's an important metric right there. 2023 was a tough year for real estate. So to do, to raise $40 million in that year is um, tell, tells you a lot, right? So uh, we cover her background, how she got into real estate investing. We talk a little bit about flipping land and land notes, which is something near and dear to my heart. So we spent a little time talking through how she's built a little bit of a land portfolio for some uh, income from those those owner finance notes, as well as uh, flipping land. And then kind of her primary focus is as a team member of massive capital, going out there and doing triple net retail deals, going out and doing multifamily um, and those types of projects. So nice, nice conversation with Jasmine. Um, very pleasant. And um, just kind of talking shop on, on all those different asset classes, how they did last year, what they're looking at for in the year ahead. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. We'll uh, turn it over now. Have a good one. This episode is brought to you by DJE Texas Management Group, a San Antonio, Texas-based real estate investment firm with a track record of transacting on several hundred million dollars of multifamily land and industrial deals throughout Texas. DJE's been in business for over a decade and is approaching 100 team members in San Antonio. To learn more about DJE, visit djetexas.com or the link in the show notes of this episode. This episode is also brought to you by apartmenteducators.com, a complete ecosystem for professionals to learn how to find, finance, and operate large multifamily properties for profit. You can get started with a free mini course and learn more at apartmenteducators.com or visit the link in the notes. Jasmine, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. It's an honor to be with you today. So I'm super excited for this conversation. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Yeah. Excited to dive in and talk shop on, on real estate and the Texas market and lots of other things going on. First, uh, how about an introduction for you for the audience and, and some background and how you became uh, or how you got to become a real estate entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, so I started in real estate uh, four years ago. Uh, long story short, I was just saving money because I always wanted to open my own business. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure what kind of business, but I just wanted to open a business. Right. So my dad uh, told me, whatever business you're going to start, you're going to need money. That's for sure. Yeah, he was right. So Hiro was saving. <laughs> Hiro <laughs> was just saving money, saving money. And then at one point, I had my first 45000 And I'm like, I know I can do something with this. And it was almost frustrating because I didn't know what business to start. And right. then you come across all these YouTube videos, all these gurus that, you know, turn a 1000 business idea into a billion dollar yep. business. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I didn't know what to do. But I was like, while I figure something out, I'm going to buy a piece of real estate because I just don't want to have my money in the bank. I'd rather put it in real estate. Sure. So I started kind of like exploring a little bit, but I wasn't sure. I mean, I didn't. I didn't have any background in real estate. So the easiest thing for me to do was just to buy a piece of land. 
So bought my first piece of land and that was my very first transaction. And a few months after, you know, with my background in sales, I got the opportunity to do sales for a real estate investment firm. So um, I started learning about how investors think, how everything happens behind the scenes on the real estate transactions. And I realized I didn't get such a good deal on that on that piece of real estate. I right. paid higher than anybody else in the neighborhood. It was on the floor plane and I was like, oh my gosh. So bought it for 40000 and sold it for 45000 Okay, that, that's a win. The yeah. first rule to invest. Yeah, the first rule for real estate, I mean, to invest is never lose money. Don't you lose know? money. Yep. So that's what I did. And long story short, I just started doing that over and over and over again. And fast forward four years later, I run a whole business on flipping land. And two years ago, I started uh, investing in multifamily. I think we're going to go back, uh, deeper into that. Yeah, definitely. But I I love land. We do a lot of uh, a lot of land purchases. So I would love to learn about more about that. That's actually probably the asset class I'm most passionate about. We do in flex industrial, multifamily, and land, and um, very passionate about about land deals. So are you buying? Lots are you subdividing? Is it rural? Is it infill? Would love to learn more about your journey there and, and what you're doing today with it. Yeah. So right now, to me, it's like I just want to keep it simple yes. with the less amount of effort, so I can put all my effort in multifamily. And no, you know, we're gonna get deeper into that. But right now, I just buy uh small lots, and I don't do anything. I don't do entitlement. I don't wait on anything. I just flip them right away. So I focus here in Houston. I'm based out of Houston uh, and mainly like North Houston. That's what I usually do. Like the my minimum is like 5,000 square foot and then up to two acres. I don't want to go bigger than that because I just want to flip them. You know, to me, it's just my way to bring cash flow and keep going on the other uh, deals that I have on the multifamily side. Are you, so to kind of create value and enough of a margin to be worth the effort. Are you just finding deals that are uh, undervalued or you're able to just buy cash for, for a good enough basis that you can just go immediately and market it? You mentioned you're not doing any improvements. So how are you creating that, that spread or that margin for yourself? Yeah, I have, uh, I buy them cash with my own money. So I close on them right away. I already built my uh, database of buyers, like end buyers. Okay. So, and then in case I have to uh, list them on the market, I also make sure I have a, a gap. Right. Yeah, of course. To make some uh, money. Your end buyers for lots that small are basically just home builders or developers that are going to do, I don't know, fourplex, something like that. Actually, I focus on end buyers that are, first of all, all my marketing is in Spanish. So I help people buy. Sometimes it's like the very first real estate transaction. I do some seller financing myself. And, you know, it's really hard to finance land. So I kind of like help people who sometimes they don't have the knowledge, the tools, the credit uh, to to take uh, advantage of their first real estate property. Yeah. Yeah. So your owner financing, will you hold those notes for long term? Or are you selling the notes or how do you handle those? 
I I hold them. Um, I tried to sell a few times, but you know, it didn't make sense to me. All the numbers didn't make sense to me. So I'm just I, I get really good uh, interest, and I, I'm you know it's better for me to, to hold them. I just try not to hold as many because I say like I can I buy with cash, so I need the capital to keep rolling. Right. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. We we've encountered the same thing and hold a bunch of uh, land notes. Um, same as you, you know, I can't hold all the notes. We need to pull some capital, but I do like the notes, you know, as I've gone through my real estate career, a land note is really kind of my favorite form of passive income. You know, I'm a, I'm a limited partner in multifamily deals and that's passive too. If you're a limited partner, definitely not passive. If you're the, if you're the operator, but those land notes, I, they just, our whole portfolio, which we've had for built over a couple of years, hadn't had any defaults. Um, you know, it's land, if they do default, it's land, you know, in our case, they didn't really, you can't really mess it up. They might build something on it, but hopefully that's an improvement, but very consistent cash flow, um, good returns there. I think it's a wonderful passive income mechanism and cash flow is really nice to have um so that's absolutely great are you using a loan servicer for that or are you managing that yourself how do you how do you handle those payments and the borrowers and all that fun stuff it's just myself i so as i told you i just keep like three three notes at the same time and yeah. then that keeps my capital rolling and then i make sure i can handle all that so that's where i am right now yeah perfect i love it I love it. Little cash flow coming in is is nice. And then if they pay off the note, you've already built in your 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 margin, right? So you kind of bake in mm -hmm. your margin in the beginning. And if they pay it off, then great. You get you get cashed out on it. Um, yeah, last year I closed on one. I bought it for twenty five thousand, and I yep. sold it for forty thousand. But I got twenty five down payment, so it was just twenty thousand free. Ah. Free money uh, on cash flow, <laughs> so that was really nice. <laughs> so you got all of your investment back as a down payment. Yes, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it's still cash flow. That's great. I love it. That's that's called printing money, and that's what we want to do if we can, right? So, yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, cool. That's great. I, I love hearing about that. I love land notes in the portfolio. Uh, how about multifamily? You know, this this is. Uh, completely different asset class. Did you get connected with some folks that were doing it or join a group or how, what was your on-ramp to getting into the multifamily world? Yeah. So after doing all these transactions uh, in land, I was like, I know I can do something else. To me, these land deals is like, you get rich quick, but you're not building anything. Like, you know, I hear something, somebody say like, let's get rich for sure. You know, like something that creates wealth for sure. Right. And I realized that I'm not doing that. So I started exploring other things, Airbnb, fix and flip, new construction, all these things that you can do in real estate. And I came across multifamily. I joined a, a seminar about multifamily. Sure. And that's when my third eye opened. I was like, wow. So the first realization that I had, it was like, so instead of owning one house, I can own the whole building. I was like, okay, if I can do that, I, I'm just going to skip all the single family. That's another thing. Like people think that you need to go through a process of owning certain single family or having some background to me is like, if I can do it, if I can skip it, I'll do it. So I just, um, 
went straight to multifamily. I started connecting with uh people in the uh who were you know already doing multifamily. I wanted to look uh for somebody who I could leverage their their track record. Because, you know, I was new and I'm like, if you're new and I'm new, like we're not going to get anywhere. So I was looking for somebody who I could add value, but at the same time, I could leverage their track record. And of course, who was aligned with uh, my mission, my goals uh, and, and all that. So I started connecting with everybody and I came across uh, Mike Bailey. He's one of the principals from my uh, massive capital. Okay. And the rest is your story. <laughs> That's great. And I, and I think that's a wonderful approach. And um, you definitely want to borrow credibility. You want to partner with people who have been down the road before and not try and reinvent the wheel. I mean, those are just time-tested principles there. Um, so tell me about what Massive is doing today. What markets are you in? What kind of deals are you looking for? Uh, what does the portfolio look like? All that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. So we are uh, in Texas. Georgia, North Carolina, and Denver. Those are the markets where we have uh, 1,400 units in multifamily. And we also uh, just partnered, we just merged last year with a company called Realty One. They do new construction for retail space. So they that's what we have uh, with them, uh, just retail space, uh, triple net. So we okay. have close to half billion dollars on asset uh, under management uh, integrated. I love it. How's the triple net stuff working out for you guys? Is that is that all stabilized and just kind of humming along, or did you were you were you buying distressed stuff? What did that portfolio look like? No, we actually do new construction. So we okay. buy the land, uh, yeah. prime location. Uh, we build, uh, we start leasing, and it's usually like a three-year hold, and then we sell. Great. What? But now, sorry, now that we partnered up, uh, we're going to be able to hold some assets since we're going to be, you know, bringing capital uh, from investors as well. Right. Rent scale that business out. What does a typical new construction triple net project look like, kind of size and What's the what's the tenant mix look like? Uh well, for investors uh, on the investor side, usually it's like for example, right now we have a project in Austin, Texas. That project uh is a six thousand square foot um new construction that we're gonna do, and for the investors, like if you it's a one point seventy two equity multiplier in nice. three years. Nice. So 100 turns in 172 in three years. So it's quick and easy. Yeah, that's solid. That's solid. Mm -hmm. What what kind of 6,000 square feet you probably have, I don't know, what is that, four spaces to fill, something like that? Six. Mm -hmm. Six spaces. And is mm -hmm. this, what's the tenant mix look like? Is it barbershops, nails, liquor stores, or just kind of who, whoever comes and signs the lease? That's actually our target, like small business owners, small restaurants, nail salons. Uh, we have a lot of uh, childcare, yeah. uh, so all kind of that, gyms. So we usually don't, um, actually, uh, on none of our properties, we have like big, bo big box stores. So it's just mainly small business owners. Small business, yep. Yeah, we've got a couple of retail projects, um, but it's not much. How has the leasing gone for you guys? Are you guys kind of getting one of the big guys, a CBRE out there to go lease it for you? Or are you sourcing those leases yourself? How do you guys approach that? 
we're actually vertically integrated on the new on the retail space we have um leasing agents in-house nice. we also have the new construction integrated so we are direct to to the new construction as yeah, well you're doing the you're doing the whole thing yes and it. we also doing the asset management yep but just on the retail side mm -hmm. yeah got it got it um how about the multifamily side how was 2023 for you guys obviously debt markets got tough transaction volume way down uh, incredible fed rate hikes but um, did you guys end up transacting on anything last year, buy or sell in the multifamily space? We did. We did. Uh, just like you say, we all know that the market got really tricky. But we, like last year, um, we closed on eight deals. Oh, wow. We on the road. 350 deals sure uh just just we're just very active and of course if we were conservative now it needs to make total sense so yeah. and we we know that you know when the market is hurting there's people who are looking to sell sap so we sure. got a lot of those deals and we closed on eight deals uh that includes two of the new construction uh deals that we did for for the retail side but six uh, on multifamily. No, that's great. How do you guys structure your multifamily deals for your LPs? Uh, 70, 30%. Yep. Pretty standard stuff. Is there a, do you guys do a pref or any, any other waterfalls or anything like that? Yeah, we do waterfall on some of them. And we also bring pref, pref equity, uh, not on all deals. I mean, just like, you know, every deal is different. Sure. Um, but yeah, we, we do have some private equity. Yeah. How has the how the investor conversation, because you're doing investor relations for Massive, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. How have the investor conversations gone in the, you know, in the last year? And how are they going right now? We're talking in January, mid-January 2024. Uh, we've got a Fed meeting in two weeks here. There's some market sentiment that maybe rates come down this year. Uh, you know, how, how has your investor base kind of reacted to everything that's gone on over the last year? Yeah, so that's a really good question. I feel like the first two quarters of 2023, of course, everybody was scared. Yep. And it was a lot of everybody was like, I'm not investing anything. I'm just looking. But uh, I think what, what we did right was just keep talking to investors, being in front of them, either we host webinars every week. We attend to every single event in person and just on the phone. Like I, I was talking to investors, like I wasn't thinking, oh, they are not going to be investing. I was just talking normal. So, because I knew this is not the time probably to raise as much capital, but it is the time. To, they still looking at us. They still analyzing the properties. They are looking at what we're doing, what we're not doing. And it's the time to just be in front of their face and answer any questions, you know, uh, communicate with them. So I always feel like 2023 was just to build those relationships again and give them that safety, that insurance that we are here. We're making deals. We understand what's happening in the market, but we are here. Uh, uh, closer to 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 the to the end of the year of 2023, I felt like yeah, investors felt more safe and they understood what what was happening uh, on the market. And yeah, I mean, we raised uh, over 40 million last year across all the asset classes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. And that's such a good point. And I tell people that too, just because one area of the business is slow or whatever, you don't just roll over and die or, or pencils down. It's like, okay, now you have more time to have the conversations. It doesn't mean you have a deal tomorrow, but you now you got more time. There's going to come a time when the market turns where you're not going to have any time. You're going to be so busy buying deals and the, the, that invest those investor conversations might, you're not going to have as much time for it. So take Take that opportunity, take that that downtime and work hard on on those kinds of things. I think it's great, great use of yeah, that. Just being mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and obviously you guys didn't didn't slow down. I mean, 40 million in a I would say 2023, you know, that's one of the harder years of the last decade. Um, you know, 2020 was hard because it was so weird and it was new, but you know, from March to June. It was tumultuous, but they printed so much money so quickly that it kind of rescued the economy. Whereas 2023, you know, I got to say that's the hardest year probably in the last decade in in real estate. So to kind of gotten through that, closed. I mean, if you raise 40 million, you probably close 100 million in in deal volume, right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's great. I would call that a good year. Call that a win. You know. Oh, big, yeah, for sure. And especially the, since everything that is happening in the market, you know, this is not like the big of the investments right now. So definitely right. was a great year. But yeah. also it's all the work behind, you know, it's like, oh, you guys closed on eight year uh, on eight deals. That's amazing. But yeah, we on the road over 350 deals to get to this eight deals, you know, so that's right. it's a lot of work. That's right. Well, congratulations. Kudos to you and the team for that. What about 2024? What's the outlook? What are you guys' goals? What are you trying to accomplish this year? Just, uh, you know, of course, we are looking to build the portfolio this year. We're definitely going to hit the half billion dollars of assets under management. So we're excited for that. And just building. Uh, I feel like the first, two, the first two years for us, it was just like, okay, let's try and test. And now it's like, it's go time. Uh, of course, we're looking to expand on all the markets that we are already and build from there. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, well, that's that's wonderful, Jasmine. I appreciate you coming and sharing your story. Um, love to see an entrepreneur getting out there and making it happen, especially when there are adversities that, like we saw in 2023. So, congratulations on the on the deal volume that you guys got through. If somebody listening wants to learn more about Massive and connect with you, where do we send them? Yeah, they can visit our webpage, uh, Massive Capital. Uh, and if they want to uh, join me or one of the projects that I do, I help women create wealth through real estate. We have our community um, where we are. That's all we're about, helping, supporting, and inspiring each other. They can also visit the webpage, uh, Massive.Capital, and go to She. Uh, that's our brand. I love it. I love it. Well, we'll link to that in the show notes. If you're listening, you can click through in the show description and click through and and visit Jasmine and the team there. Um, Jasmine, thank you so much. It was an honor to spend time with you. I really appreciate it and wish you continued success. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. All right. Have a good one. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to the DJE podcast. For more information, please go to DJETexas.com.